And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Marvelous, Monumental, Most Fascinating, Massively Mind-Bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, when it's wrong, and we know it's wrong, we need to take an authentic posture. Not posturing, but an authentic posture before our king. The idea of dignity is far past. The time for true humility is required. That means on our knees before him with our hands lifted up in surrender. Next, shame is what we feel when we know that the sin of our land has overtaken the ways of righteousness. Why? Because the land that God created is being polluted, not by candy wrappers, but by iniquity, as multiple scriptures testify to. According to God, if we can share in the fruits of a nation, we can share in its sin. Ouch. And finally, grace has arrived to help us, but it's not greasy grace, and that grace has a season. When Jesus announced his ministry, he quoted Isaiah, but he excluded the last verse of the coming judgment. That exclusion, however, is not removed forever, but now is the time of grace. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now you can email us, david at he must increase.org. That's david at he must increase.org. Comes right here to my dollar 19 Chromebook. It's really inexpensive. <laughs> it's been thrown just like a frisbee all over the place. Uh, the other way to get in touch with us 214 210 through text. So you're like, nah, I don't want to talk to anybody. Okay, see, but that's that thing they invented called text. So then you just go 214-210-8483, and then you say, David, we think you're great, or what some of the other people say that we have to block. And then also you can call us live, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you do that, Amazing Jen will answer the phone. Do you do anything special when you answer the phone? Do you go, it's amazing. Amazing Jen, or just say, say I just hello. say the David Spoon experience. Uh, see, you could probably just say hello, or would you like some pepperoni on this large? 
I will like, remember that next yeah, time. Good, I will ask about the one. pizza. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one okay. right there. Right. Uh, bottom line on that is you can do this for a thought, an opinion. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a physics question that I can't answer. You're welcome to call in. I'm not going to answer it, but you can call in. You can uh, share something that the Lord's doing in your life that you just want to give praise and acknowledgement to. You can ask for a prayer request. We already did a prayer for Eric, but it was a post-prayer. Well, we're just part of learning. <laughs> and uh, that's just part of the Christian journey. Yeah, we get it. Uh, you can also do Bible trivia. Speaking of which, we have a Bible trivia question to open up with. Here we go. Fill in the missing word from the healing of the two blind men. Jesus said, according to your blank, will it be done to you? What is that word? According to your Will it be done to you? you got to fill in that word. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can email david at hemustincrease.org, which leads me to the website. And it is important that we talk about the website. So let's play the website. Then you can get the caller that's on the phone, and I'll tell people about it. So don't forget about He Must Increase. Dot org. Website, he must increase dot org, he must increase dot org. Email David at he must increase dot org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, now I did tell you guys when we have things happen that I'm going to tell you. I mean, I'm going to try and communicate everything without putting everybody in kind of like a woo mode. So we have uh, finances, and our finances go up and down, and and sometimes they're up. So I don't ask as much. I mean, it's just what I do. I just don't think. I know I probably should do a better job, and Noelle said something to me about that. She said, you should just be consistent. It's like, not just in that area, but in about 900 other ones. Uh, but we're a little bit tight this week. we got to pay the bill on Friday, so we need a little extra if the Lord puts on your heart. If he doesn't, I don't want you to freak out about it. But on the website, there's a place to give. But there's also a place to get a book. There's also a place for some audio, some video. There's some fun things on there. And uh, there's a kitchen sink on there. No, no, I don't mean really there's an actual kitchen sink. It's a picture of a kitchen that's what I'm telling. Okay. All right. Uh, we do have somebody calling in on the trivia question. So here we go. Leaning over, leaning over. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Yay on the A. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I had a good weekend. How about you? I did have a good week. I got a lot of stuff done. And even though that's not always how you want to do the weekend, sometimes that makes it so that you know you've kind of made the month a little easier. That's how much stuff I got done. I just got so much stuff done. I'd be like, the next three weekends won't be bad. That's that. Awesome. I thought that was pretty good. All right. So here you go. So now I know you know this, but I want you to give it to me from the Depth of your heart, okay? Jesus said, according to your blank, it will be done to you. What's that word? Faith. That is correct, Amanda! <laughs> you know what? What I love about you, Deborah, is that you call in, and then every answer you give, you do it like it's a question. Like, <laughs> faith? Because I'm not quite sure all the time. <laughs> I think it's great. You're right, like, 98% of the time. I mean, come on. That's pretty good. <laughs> Faith. <laughs> good job. Excellent job. Absolutely. Okay, I hope you have a great day. All right, thank you. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. What a delight. Okay, 
Where are we at? What am I doing? <laughs> I don't even. What are we? I gotta do the show, right? All right. Where's my text? I gotta move this stuff out of the way. We're in Ezra. Oh yeah, you guys aren't gonna like this part. Uh, we're in Ezra chapter nine. Now keep in mind, we're going from Ezra to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a little more fun than the book of Ezra. Don't blame me. It's not my fault. I didn't write it. Some portions of all portions of scripture are great. Some portions of scripture are just a little more fun than other portions. You can argue with me all day long. They're all. It's all anointed. It's all blessed. But I tend to get a little bit more out of the book of Daniel than I do about the laws of mold. Now, you might say that's not the case, and then you're special. Then I give you all the props in the world. In the meantime, for the rest of us, I'm going to keep on going and tell you what this first portion is. It says this in Ezra chapter 9, and we're uh, basically we're going to be starting at—let's see, what verse are we starting at? We're, we're starting at verse 5 in Ezra 9. It says this, At the time of the sacrifice— I stood up from where I had sat in the morning, in mourning, with my clothes torn. I fell to my knees and lifted my hands to the Lord my God, and I prayed. We're going to get into his prayer in the next segment, but I want to say something about this because in our culture, uh, you have two extremes. You have so dignified that the people never need to have starch in their clothing, and then you have so undignified that they hardly even wear clothing. Now, those extremes are never right. Turn not to the right or the left. Turn not to the left or the right. Sixty times in the Bible, okay? Does that give you an idea of what we're talking about? But what, what Ezra did do is the people sinned. They blew it. And where he was, sitting in mourning, his, his clothes were torn. He fell to his knees, and he lifted up his hands. I don't think it's—let me say this in the nicest way. I don't think it's inappropriate in any church for any genuine believer who has remorse to be able to fall on their knees and lift up their hands. It's scriptural. You know, the, the people that won't do it are the same people that stand up when the Word of God is read, which is also in the book of Nehemiah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's all the same book. Why can't you do both? The understanding, though, is falling to the knees is what? It's submission, and lifting up your hands is what? Surrender. So it's a submissive surrender posture. It's when you know, listen, listen to what I'm going to say to you. It's when you know, you whoops, I've done a whoops. I'm wrong. I'm wrong in this thing. I've done this wrong. I know it's wrong. You don't want to try and justify your sin with God. You will never, ever, ever win that argument. You don't want to be like Saul and say, well, I did it because of this, or I did it because of this. You want to be like David and say, guilty. I'm guilty. You want to eat that pie. You want to be honest about it. You want to be forward about it. You want to own it as soon as possible. Instead of prolonging it, which is just going to make the whole process worse, you want to just drop to your knees in submission and lift up your hands in surrender and ask for help. That's the posture that the Lord wants. And I'm talking about when you know you've done something you shouldn't do. Okay, I'm not talking about, oh, you got an extra quarter from McDonald's and you didn't take it back right away. And ooh, that's not, you know, I'm not talking about that. Although I've done that. (laughs) 
cents. I've gone through that. 24 cents. I brought it back. Oh, it's like, that's fine. But I'm talking about the serious stuff that when you do it wrong and you know it's wrong, there is no dignity to be retained. You, sub- you surrender, you submit, you ask for help, right? Okay. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon Experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish, and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations, and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies, and is involved in a PhD program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks. A lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I, to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and I, and I, on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yep. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I really like that, by the way. You got to tell Don that. I love that, the truth. You know, that's kind of just really, really, really makes it simple. Uh, We're going to do our trivia question. Get ready. Get ready. And then we're going to do humor. Why? Why not? Okay, but before we do that, I guess somebody is already calling in. We'll have to see what that's about. 
Uh, unless they're ordering us a pizza, then we don't have to see what that's about. Uh, here is your trivia question that is going to be heading in your direction. When the soldiers mocked Jesus, what item of clothing did they put on him? Remember, they put clothing on him. I'm not talking about the hat. I'm talking about what kind of clothing they put on him. If you have that opportunity, you are welcome to reach out to us at 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at We have somebody that wants to ask a question, make a comment. Yes, it is Ace. He would like to make a comment on okay. something you said last week. You got it. Hang on here. Hello, Brother Ace. How you doing, my brother? I'm blessed. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Appreciate the prayers. You got it. Um, Some was mentioned last week. Uh, the the girls, the two guys. I think it's the two ladies. You know that are always ex- real sweet and excited. Uh, I won't say Joanne. Yeah, um, Joanne and Cordelia. Her, yeah. I think her name. Well, she said something, and I and I, I I felt that we really missed something very powerful there. She said that uh, she went to church during the COVID. And her husband locked her out of her house because she went to church. Correct. And they had COVID. And I thought, wow. I said, now that to me is just uh, something we just uh, uh, had to grieve with her about because that was just, I mean, just think about that. Your husband locks you out of your house because you went to church, scared that he's going to bring, she was going to bring COVID into the house. And I thought, man, that's just cruel and cold. I said, that's. Something wrong with that relationship. I said, I mean, I don't know where she's at with it now, but I thought we, we as a group, uh, man, I, I just, I really felt bad about that. I thought that was a killer for me. And uh, anyway, I just, I just wanted to mention it well, again. I, that I'm glad you brought we, that up. And, and uh, the way, so I don't reveal anything. I mean, and most people talk to me. I'm very, very careful about what they share. But I will tell you that the one thing everybody can be praying for, especially for Joanne, Joanne and Cordelia are a delight. I mean, they're a delight. And what Mm -hmm. we're praying for is for her husband to have, you know, a a move or a conviction in the Holy Spirit that things will change. So uh, until she tells me to pray different, I would ask the audience to pray that same thing. Let the Lord just get a hold of her hubby's heart, make the change, uh, well aware of what's going on. But I, I I will tell you, it has been a very difficult season for them, but the Lord has proven himself faithful and diligent at every turn, and they have been Amen. blessed beyond blessed. And in that process, I'm very, very happy for them. But everybody could be praying for the hubby. That'd be a good thing. Yeah, I, I am. Well, I'm, maybe I missed something in all of it, but I just hit me uh, so strong that I thought, wow. You you pray true. that that when when I, something we used to say in ministry, and I really think this is a very important point. I'll, and I'll, I'm sharing this with you because I I think people miss this in ministry throughout their their walk. We used to say your vision, your burden, and by that we would what we're trying to say is if the Lord puts it on your heart, there's a reason that he did that. In other words, he doesn't just do that because he's bored. He does that for a mm-hmm. reason. And the fact that you picked up on that would tell me that you have some intercessory prayer in front of you that's a ministry. And you got it. That's what the Lord's—that's why it gets to you. In other words, some people can hear that right by. But other people hear it and go, whoa, wait, whoa. And that that's an indicator that the Lord's using you and using that and putting that in you so that you pray with that burden. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you much. Appreciate you're, that. You are more than welcome. You uh, know, okay? Bless you. All right. Yeah, bless you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Got you. It. God bless, brother.
All right. See, that's but that's the body. That's what you want to be doing. And that's what I'm saying. So that's an important point. All right. Let me go back to uh, we're going to skip the jokes, do that in the next segment. Let's go back to the trivia question, though. I do want people to have a chance to answer that. See, that's what I love about Ace. And that's what I love about you guys. You're, there's this authentic. Wait, Dave, did you hear what they said? Like, yes. <laughs> And, and and that sometimes you got to just go, yes, and just kind of leave it there. Uh, when the soldiers mocked Jesus, what item of clothing did they put on him? They put on him a certain type of clothing. you got to tell me what that is. You got people texting in all over the place. You can also call in, call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase dot org so we're gonna change it up i want to get into the text because sometimes it's really hard to teach certain things it's easy for me to talk to you guys about you know the lord's gonna help you you know he's gonna help you go through the process that stuff that that's the easier stuff the stuff but we don't shy away from the talk on sin because it's just as much a part of everything and understanding redemption is a big part of things and uh, uh, it's it's important for us to grasp it, to look at it, to be honest with it, and then to bring it before the Lord. Here's that next text in Ezra chapter 9, after it says, I fell to my knees and lifted up my hands to the Lord, my God, and I prayed. So he has this position of submission, this position of surrender, and this is what he said. Oh, my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you. For our sins are piled higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached the heavens. I want you to just stop and consider what Scripture is trying to illustrate here, and I'm going to kind of drill down on it. Ezra did not commit any of these offenses. He did not intermarry. He did not toss the laws of the Lord aside. He was diligent and faithful. But he did something that many people in Christianity in America are not doing, and that is as a recipient of the nation that God had put him in, he took on the sins in intercession for the nation. Instead of sitting there saying, I know what we should do, Lord. Let's take each one of those people and slice their heads off and send them to another land. He he prayed on their behalf for forgiveness. And that's what Jesus did when he's on the cross and they're crucifying him. I'm pretty sure I could be getting this wrong. You guys, you tell me if I'm wrong. But he's like, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Jesus is praying for forgiveness while they're in the process of taking him out. And there's an ownership in the land. And I, I want to make sure you understand what this big difference is. In our society today, in our culture, uh, you know, they do the big thing, you know, uh, give a hoot, don't pollute. You got the owl, you got this, you got the candy bar, so on and so forth. Let me just read you Ezekiel 36, 16 through 18. Then this is the further message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by the evil way they lived. To me, their conduct was unclean as a woman's minstrel cloth. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols. 
So I poured out my fury on them. This tells you that God is telling people, you know, you know how you really mess up my land? Nah, it's not the resources thing. It's the sin thing that's really messing up my land. In fact, God talks about land in uh, the Torah as though it were a living entity before him, which it really is a living entity before him, and how people needed to have more respect for it. When we sin, that's the pollution. When we shed innocent blood, that's the pollution. In case you didn't know it, a child that's in the womb after 20 days has blood, period. There's no, there's no, yeah, we could challenge that. No, you can't. You can't challenge that even in the slightest. And then after the 21st day, there's blood flowing through the child and we're killing babies at four, five, six, and seven months. Not a chance. Even eight, nine, depending on how bizarre the people are, right? That's innocent blood shed on the land. What did Ezra do? He petitioned God for the people to forgive. So when you get in that prayer thing, when you get in that prayer time, prayer thing, when you get in that prayer time, as much as you want to take a political position, and I'm not telling you not to, but as much as you want to, understand that the kingdom of God is above the kingdom of men. And when we come before the Lord seeking and petitioning, we operate in the kingdom of God principles, and we should be praying for forgiveness for the whole group. Because I will tell you what will happen if God does not deem forgiveness, be it America or Israel or any nation. He will pour out his fury. Exactly what he says. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols, and so I poured out my fury on them. And you think, oh, that could never happen. Oh, okay, tell that to Israel. <laughs> it happened like five times. What do you mean it can't happen? And my point in that is not to get you political or unpolitical. I don't—it's not my—you have to figure that out between you and the Lord. But I can tell you what Scripture says. We should be petitioning for our land. There's a lot of murder. There's a lot of worship of idols. In our country, there's a lot more worship of idols than most countries. We need help. We need God's help. The one thing I just so strongly disagree with people in— God can change anybody's anything, anywhere. Oh, no, no, he can't. He is free will. Yeah, tell that to Paul when God knocked him on his keister and blinded him and said, you're going to do this. Paul wasn't going, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. That didn't happen that way. We petition the king of the universe to exercise his rule in our world. That's what we do. Okay. All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. 
on God Country, Texas, 770-KAAM. Every once in a while when I do the uh, radio hosting, I have this wonderful opportunity to talk to people that influence the church, that are a blessing to the church. Today is no different. I am honored and blessed, by the way, to have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Robert Morris. He is the founding and lead pastor of Gateway Church. He's a best-selling author. He's written some excellent material, but he has a new book out, which has the greatest title ever next to the Bible. The, the new book is called Take the Day Off, Please. That's all I ask for. The book is entitled Take the Day Off, Receiving God's Gift of Rest. Pastor Marshall, you're there with us. I am, David, and it is so good to talk with you today. I do want to let you know before we get going uh, that I was actually introduced to you by somebody at your church about a year ago. I was at a place called Inigen, and uh, somebody named Robert, who went to your church, he gave me your book, uh, you know, Beyond Blessed. And I had not uh, actually had the chance to engage on any of your material yet. I read that. It was a really timely book, which was really cool. Oh, and th- then I was able to go and get your book on the Holy Spirit, which I thought was one of the best pneumatology oh, books that I've read in, eight, in a long time. So just so that <laughs> you know, you. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you. I, I've, uh, I actually I came from a Baptist background. And um, and so I've actually had I have some friends that are uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I have some friends that are Church of Christ, and I have some friends that you know just come from all sorts of different backgrounds that are not quote unquote Pentecostal charismatic. And again, that's not my background either. I went to Crystal right there in Dallas and to East Texas Baptist College before that. But anyway, I've had so many guys tell me that they really appreciated um, that book on the Holy Spirit, um, and they may not even agree with everything in it, but they appreciated the sensitivity and the way I handled the, yeah. the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, you so. did, it was a great job. I mean, I was born and raised Jewish. I became a Christian. I'm oh, a, I have that. a Baptist and a Pentecostal ordination. Pentecostal. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Calminian, and I'm a manifold <laughs> millennialist. So <laughs> anytime you <laughs> want to sit great. there and talk about diversity, I'm there for you. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where only your host could forget a simple trivia question. <laughs> no, I forgot. This is the Steve Martin thing, right? When they Remember? I've told you this before. When they said, why didn't you pay taxes for 10 years? He said, I forgot. Okay, that's how it goes. Uh, the answer, by the way, to the trivia question, what uh, was the clothing uh, that they put on Jesus? A scarlet robe. A scarlet robe. I think I think scarlet and purple are pretty close, aren't they? I mean, that's pretty. Is it, are they close? Are they kind of close? Yeah? No? Yeah. Scarlet's red. Red, right? Because uh, I always thought it was like purplish. Maybe it was red purplish. I don't know. They don't know. They didn't have that many colors back then, did they? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, it was a robe, okay? We'll just put it that way. And it probably wasn't uh, a very comfy one, be the way I say it. Let's get to the next trivia question, see if I can remember this. All right. uh, as well as blood, what also came out of Jesus' side after it had been pierced with a spear? 
as well as blood, what also came out of Jesus' side after it had been pierced with a spear. Spear, spur, spear, spear. Call 972-445-0770. Talk to Amazing Jen and save me. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email in david at hemustincrease.org. I will take the time to remind you just one more time on the website because we need a little extra loving in the financial realm. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, arta chokey. That's right. All right. Now we have somebody I think is going to answer. I don't know. Are they going to answer the trivia? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're going to get an answer to trivia. And then I'm going to do the jokes that I didn't do. Not that they're that funny, but I got to do them anyway. Here we go. Here comes the call. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you? Well, I'm here. That's good, right? But that we like that. You know that, right? We like to hear from you. That makes us, it encourages us that you're still here with us. Well, thank you. So you got it. All right. So what came out? Uh, they did the little piercing with the spear. What came out with the blood? I believe it was water. That is correct, Amundo. It was water and it was blood, and that is exactly correct. Water and blood are a part of the way that people are birthed and the way that people die. That's really kind of a fascinating uh, process if you get into it. But did you know that right away? Just kind of like, oh, yeah, that I know. Yeah, I, I pretty much thought I knew it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Excellent job. That's what we needed. We needed somebody to, to help redeem me from the fact that I forgot to do it the last time. <laughs> Sometimes you forget to answer. It's just like, but thank you. Uh, thank you for the answer. Everybody will keep on praying for our good buddy, Gary. Keep it going. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank God, you. God bless. All right. Don't forget to be praying for Gary. Okay. Just pray the Lord will encourage and strengthen him. Okay. Okay. Ready for some joy? You ready? Got the buzzer ready? You ready? Okay. All right. All right. There are a few of these. You may borrow any of these anytime. I will not charge you, but I will not pay you to say them either. Children's church teacher asked, can anyone tell me the story of Adam and Eve very briefly? A little woman's liver said, sure. First, God created Adam, and then he looked at him and said, I think I can do better. And then he created Eve. <laughs> That's according to the little girl. Okay, we'll just pass on that one right there. There you go. Uh, here you go. Mr. and Mrs. Howard were having a slight difference of opinion. It's obvious that I am right, snapped Mrs. Howard. After all, since God created woman second, we must be an improvement on the original model. Patiently, Mr. Howard replied, actually, my dear, he created woman second because he didn't want any advice. No! <laughs> now, I will say... <laughs> that's a long one. <laughs> I will say this one I think is funny. If you guys cannot laugh at this one, you are way too caught up in the news. That's all I'm going to say. You're too caught up in all the other stuff. When Adam stayed out very late for a few nights, Eve became upset. You're running around with other women, she charged. <laughs> You're being unreasonable, Adam responded. You're the only woman on earth. The quarrel continued until Adam fell asleep, only to be awakened by someone poking him in the chest. 
It was Eve. What do you think you're doing? Adam demanded. Counting your ribs, said Eve. See, because he wanted to see if there was another rib. Uh. <laughs> that wasn't good. Okay, never mind. Counting your ribs because, see, one rib was. Okay. I'm moving on now. Thank you. Okay. People are going, that was terrible. Do the best I can. Uh, all right. Let's get into the next portion of the text. Uh, here, we're going to pick up at verse 7. Actually, I want to go back to verse 6 and then go through the whole thing. Uh, 6. I prayed, oh, my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached the heavens. Our whole history has been one of great sin. This is where Ezra, getting into that honesty level, going, but we, everything we've done, we've done a lot of bad. Does that mean Everything Israel did, is he trying to make that as a as a definitive statement? No, but he's talking about in that gen, general context of their behavior before God all the way through the wilderness, which they couldn't maintain without complaining and without uh, you know challenging God and testing God on a regular basis. Then into the promised land, the whole process, they kept giving uh, a hard time. They kept being rebellious. So then he says this uh, in verse 7, our whole history has been one of great sin. That is why our kings and our our priests have been at the mercy of the pagan kings of the land. Ooh, that's I cannot let that go. The next part of the verse, uh, we have been killed, captured, robbed, and disgraced just as we are today. Listen to this verse. That is why we and our kings and our priests. So the we is the people, the kings is the political governmental leadership, the priests are the religious portion, have been at the mercy of pagan kings of the land. Why is that that we're at the mercy of this? Because the the history of the nation is one of sinfulness. Now, I want to talk to you about something that's very important. I want you to understand this as a Christian. You are justified by the work of Jesus Christ. I do not want you going around going, oh, no, I don't know if I'm saved. You're saved if you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried three days later, he rose again, and that he ascended to the Father, and that he's coming back. Here's the bottom line to the gospel. It saves you, and it keeps you. But what you must acknowledge, or what I must acknowledge, or we must acknowledge, is that when we're in a position where we are sinning, when we are not walking in Christ, the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed, the the person is new. But there's a difference between walking in Christ and many, many times where you and I have not walked in in Christ. There's a difference when you're walking in the flesh and you're walking in the spirit. When you're walking in the old man, you're walking in the new man. Remember, the old man is positionally crucified, but he has not been practically removed from your system, which is why when you do sin, it's always as bad as it's always been. Here's the nut that we've got to kind of crack and make sure we understand. When James talks about sinning, he says, pray for one another, uh, that you confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. He's not saying that you're going to get unsaved. He's saying your sin is causing 
damage and it's going to require healing and you've got to break through that and do better. To give you an example in the New Testament that's undeniable, it would be John chapter 8 when the woman is caught in the adultery. Of course, they brought the woman and not the man because they were, in fact, self-righteous. And Jesus says, well, with the first first one of you uh, that's without sin, you throw the first stone. Go ahead. And nobody does anything. And they all walk away from the oldest to the youngest Why? Because when you're older, you start to realize, yeah, I got a lot of problems myself. And what did Jesus say to the woman? He said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. For some reason, we just like, look, there are no questions theologically about your salvation. But that also does not ignore that sin creates problems, period. And the idea behind this is not to let these sins so pollute our lives, so to speak, that we're a mess all the time. The sin doesn't—you you don't owe sin anything. But when you engage in sin, you can deny it all you want, but you're when you're walking in the old you, when you're walking in the flesh, you're certainly giving more open doors to Satan. How Satan gained access to the authority on this planet was because Adam and Eve sinned and forfeited their right. The justification of Jesus Christ is solid, but stupid is is often a way to walk as a Christian. Unfortunately, and we do that when we embrace and walk in and encourage our own sin. So the idea behind this is to sin no more. And in our own lives, if you've got something that's a besetting sin, a sin that sets kind of sets you to the side, don't deny it. Don't run away from it. Bring it before the Lord and ask him to help you. He's going to forgive you. You've probably asked for forgiveness a thousand times, if not 10,000 times. But ask him to help you overcome it. You overcome through the blood of the Lamb. But sometimes you need a little push by the Holy Spirit to get you all the way over the hump. Nothing weird about that. That's normal stuff. Okay? All right. All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. 
And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing, except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone for more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon experience? By the way, I found out uh, just the other day, I know you don't know this, but I found out that I am one of the most hated uh, people in the United States of America and in the world. Did you know that? Uh, Because you're a middle-aged white guy? Let me help you out here, son. Let me help you out. Not only am I a middle-aged white guy, by the way, thanks for the middle-aged line. (laughs) Thanks, pal. I appreciate that. I'm not uh, that far behind. Uh, okay, well, that's not the point. The point is, I'm also, ready? Ready? I'm also Jewish. Okay, so I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm Christian, so I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm conservative. I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm an American. Got a lot of people that don't like me right there. I mean, you see where we're going with this? And and I have a talk show. <laughs> So that's just, you put all those together. Uh, my you got points, me left. Yeah, I love I, you, buddy. I mean, come on. You know, just because they love me doesn't mean uh, they're right. And just because they hate me doesn't mean they're wrong. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Okay, that'll be the last of what we're talking about for sin for today. Since three of three of five segments was all about sin, we're gonna give you a little bit of a break on the very end. It's really kind of a cool thing. In the meantime, here is our last trivia question: How many silver coins did Judas receive for betraying Jesus? Okay, 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 okay. How many? How many silver coins did Judas receive? for betraying Jesus. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770 or you can text in 214-210-8483 or you can send an email david at hemustincrease.org. Okay? Okay. All right. We're going to do our history. Uh, We do have somebody calling in, so let's put them on. Let's uh, start our history song. Put them on hold, you know, however you want to do. What do you want to do, Jen? Let's go <laughs> live in the past. Let's go live in the past. There you go. Okay. Uh, so the the trivia question, how many pieces – why did I scribble this out? How many uh, pieces uh, did uh, Judas betray Jesus for? How many silver coins did Judas receive for betraying Jesus. We'll do our history. Should we do the answer? Let's do the answer first, then we can do the history. Is that all right? Yeah, you don't care. You're just hanging out, aren't you? It's your show. It is? I got to tell my wife that. That's who I got to tell. Let's go ahead and answer that. I'll go ahead and answer. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. It's John. Hi, John. Nice to hear you. 
Nice to hear you again. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, it has been a while. Uh, I did want to check with you. I know you had a grandchild that was we were praying for. How does uh, What happened on that? I mean, I just don't know. Well, uh, Nola is uh, getting another one of her treatments uh, for the cancer tomorrow. And um, so it's just an ongoing Yeah, ongoing you know, battle. Thing. So... Uh, but as you get a lumbar infusion, they call it tomorrow. So okay, well we got everybody praying, and let me just pray real quickly for you and for your family. Right. Is that Thank okay, you. Father? Father, Thank we come before you right now. We just ask for mercy and grace in the name of Jesus for John's grand grandchild. We ask you Thank right you. now that you would bring healing and that you would, even though the process is in there, you can still accelerate. Lord, you can raise the dead, so you can accelerate. You can do anything. We ask you to bring that mercy for that family, for the parents, for the grandparents, for the child. Just bring grace and mercy so a testimony can be heard out of this process in Jesus' name. Oh, Amen. Great prayer. Thank Amen. you very Amen. much. All right. Yeah. How many? Uh, how many? This is the this is the Judas one. So how many? You know what? I I wrote it down and then I I scribbled off my own question because I'm brilliant. How many silver coins did Judas receive for betraying Jesus? Ray received thirty. That is coins. correct, Amundo. <laughs> now you know what's fascinating about that thirty. Joy picked up on this, but you know what's really fascinating about that thirty. If you, uh -huh. if you, I don't know if you've heard this before. Uh, you may have or may not. I don't know. I, I probably did in the past, but I've forgotten. <laughs> okay. The 30 pieces of silver is how much you had to pay if you lost a slave. You had to pay 30 pieces of silver. So 30 pieces of silver that they paid Judas, that's the price of a slave. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I that's kind know. of like fascinating, right? It's like, What? Who knew? What? That wow. is wild, right? That is powerful. And it's just like, oh, this is just making more and more sense. Every time you talk about yeah. it, it makes more sense. It's like, wow. Wow. Awesome. Deep. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's really, it is really profound. Excellent, yeah. excellent job, by the way. And the entire audience will keep praying for you, for your grandchild, that the blessings of the Lord uh, was uh, awesome, is awesomely received and awesomely testified to. Thank you so much, David. You are more than welcome. All right. Same, same back at you, too. <laughs> I appreciate that. Bless you. Right. Thank you very much. Okay. Right. God bless Talk you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So uh, we're going to do our history, though. Uh, so I don't want people to uh, – we don't have to replay it because we already played it once. That's fine. I can sing it. You you can you can no. sing that song? No. Okay. I would have waited for that. I'm just saying. I would have just said, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, today is Ride the Wind Day. I, I don't know. I don't know if that has to do with kites. I think kite is a separate day where you fly a kite and ride the wind. National Sponge Cake Day. I can buy okay, into that. Yeah. Not a problem. Buttered Corn Day. Not not a problem. I think that's great. Uh, hug Your Sweetheart Day. Great. Fantastic. Uh, hug my wife every day. And then uh, National Cheap Flight Day. Mm. I don't know. Is that when you fly on the wing? Like it's such a cheap flight, you're not inside, you're in the you're, I don't you're, know. I don't know what that is. Uh here is one that I love. There's a two of three of these that I really like. This one, first hotel passenger elevator, 1859. The installation was completed in a Fifth Avenue hotel in New York. The first hotel passenger passenger elevator. How would you like to have been that first person on it? But if I was, I would have wanted my name in this clip. Right. <laughs> 
Get some kind of recognition. Yeah, like I'm the first person that went on there, right? But it had to be scary. You didn't know what was going you didn't to happen. Know what was exactly. And if you'd seen the movie Speed, then you're. Re- oh no, wait, that'd have been too late. Okay, never mind. And then the last thing is 1938. The test pattern, the artwork for the famous test pattern completed by RCA was an Indian head test pattern. No dishonor there. It's what they use as a logo to try and honor. Uh, originally used to adjust television broadcast systems, uh, it's, it is now a cultural icon. So for those that don't know, there you go. All right, there you go. All right, last uh, portion on this. I promised you it would be a little nicer, and I'm not kidding. Here it is. In Ezra chapter 9, verse 8, it says this. But now, so this is Ezra praying. He's already gone through, uh, fell on his knees, uh, lifted up his hands, um, shamed. Uh, we're bad, 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 bad people, and we've given into sin. Our people have, our kings have, our priests have, all of that. And that's why we're on the back end of things. Verse 8, but now we have been given a brief moment of grace for the Lord our God has allowed a few of us to survive as a remnant that he has given us security in this place. I just want to make sure you understand something. Grace is not greasy. It cannot be abused without God being angered. You can't abuse God's grace in the context of you can't say, uh, I sinned, but God will just forgive me, and that's how it'll go. <laughs> and then go sin some more and sin some more. That's that's an attempt to abuse it. The Lord won't allow it. Okay? But what you do under, have to understand, I understand, and, and the reason that this is actually called the last days from the time of Jesus' ministry until right now is because it is still the dispensation or the time or the season of grace, right? The favorable year of the Lord, Jesus said in Luke 4, and then he didn't say the last part, which was the year of the vengeance, year of vengeance and the judgment from the Lord. So in other words, we're still in this grace period, Right? But that doesn't mean that grace period extends indefinitely in the context of God dealing with mankind. That grace is there for you, but it is seasonal for mankind. And there is coming a point where the grace does come to an end. But right now, it's favorable. That's why the scripture says, now if you hear the salvation, now is the time. Because you might be thinking, well, I'll just do it later. God might not let you. That's the thing that people miss is uh, people are like, well, I'll just repent later. Only if you can genuinely get there. If you remember, there was a person in the Old Testament that sought repentance in his heart but couldn't find it. Remember that person who was rejected by God? That's what you got to remember. Is it's like it's not a game. It's like dude, we got to do this stuff right. I'm not telling you who is or isn't going to be saved, though. One could suspect there'll be less people there than you think, and more people there that you didn't think would be there. I would suspect that's probably true all the way around. But now is the season of grace. Now is the time for the favor. Now is the time for the Lord to pour. And this is what we want to be operating in. And Jesus announced this. This is favorable time. And it's like when you pray, I, I, one of those people that pray, I don't pray the scripture, uh, I don't try, try to pray it out of context, but I, but I will say, Lord, this is our, this is our favorable time. You said so. So we need favor. I think that's a great way to pray, by the way, is to you, you bring the scripture. That's actually how the disciples did it in the book of Acts. Uh, there's uh, several mentions where they use scripture. You said this. You said this. I think that's the, that's just brilliant. 
But there's grace now. There's this time and this season of grace. It's wonderful. It's awesome. It's not always, you know, it's kind of like the seven years of of uh, of bounty in, for Egypt and then the seven years of, of drought. It's like there's a great time coming. Oh, it's great seven years. Oh, everything's great. And then there was the the famine, and that created a lot of um, broken hearts and disheartenedness and so on and so forth. Well, right now for you and me, it's a season of grace. Take it. Use it. Work with the Lord in it. It's a great time to be in the Lord. Oh, it's scary. Sure. And we have no idea how it's going to, that people say they know exactly how it's going to break down. No, they don't. I mean, God knows. He's not telling. But the bottom line is we have this wonderful time of grace, this moment of grace. But it's brief in the context of him dealing with mankind. And then it's gone. And that's why you want people that you know to get saved, right? You want people you know to jump in during this moment, this season of grace, this favorable time of the Lord. Get that? All right. We're going to close this show out with prayer. I just feel the Holy Spirit really pressing upon me. So let's just pray. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus Christ with help from the Holy Spirit. We pray right now for people in our lives who have not said yes and surrendered their hearts and their minds to you. We pray because it is the favorable time. It is a time of grace. It is a brief moment of grace. We pray that their hearts could be softened and that a presentation of the gospel, whether from us or any other source, will come into their lives and they will acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, 22 and a half hours, then we'll be back for more Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.